I'm here. Wonderful. Okay, we're all here. Hi, Susan. Hi. Sorry, I just sent you that grotesque picture. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you did. My God, what a champion she is. That's, that's been through a lot. How is she doing? She's good. She's, I mean, recuperating. She's hanging in there with her new puppy. So she's okay, strong. That's good. What new puppy? It's an Australian Shepherd. Oh, yeah, they're so cute. Yeah, I bought her one a couple weeks ago, so it's been like her little therapy dog. It's perfect. Oh, that's that's wonderful. I'm glad yeah. she's praying. What, what she's been through so much. How are you doing? I'm good. I mean, I think it's harder for parents <laughs> sometimes. Like, oh, she's, she's resilient, I feel like, where I'm more the the, the one who worries, you know? Yeah. No, that's mom's job. It's take care yeah. of yourself, too. Yeah, trying to. But she's doing good. She just had her surgery last week. She has to do scans in eight weeks, and then we'll get the treatment schedule. But is she still – she's going back to nursing school. She's going to graduate on time. She's determined. She's not letting this stop her, so she's okay. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. And when was – Surgery? When was the surgery? Last week. Last week. Last Monday. Wow. Yeah, August 2nd. So, Susan, will you sort of take us back to, um, we want to kind of hear your story. Uh, Particularly, you've been fighting with the state of North Carolina, you know, and you (laughs) found out your daughter was sick and you thought it was maybe unlucky or, you know, something going on with your family. Uh, and then you start talking to your neighbors, and you find all this other stuff going on. So mm-hmm. tell us, tell us about all that. Well, basically, I my daughter four years ago, a little over four years ago, yeah, she got thyroid cancer, and then I learned all my neighbors. At what age? Cancer. She was sixteen. Ugh, I'm so sorry. And then my neighbors were like, there was three other thyroid cancers on my street, and I lived on a tiny street. And they, were, they, they knocked on my door and told me, and I was like, what? You know, because people are private. They're not just going to, like, announce, I have cancer. So then people started coming to me all over the town I lived in, and they're like, I have cancer. I have cancer. Do you know all these kids? Like, people were just giving me so much information, and that's where I was like, I went back to my daughter's doctors. They didn't live in that town. And I said, I think there's something wrong. And I started giving them all these numbers all these people with cancer addresses. I started mapping it because I used to do crime data. I used to map crime for police departments 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I started mapping all this data and I'm like, holy cow, there is so much cancer on all these streets. And so I, I showed the doctors were like, there's something wrong. Yeah. They were like, I, uh, you got a problem. So obviously I wanted to know, I'm like, is it safe for me to live here? Because I had other children. She was the oldest at the time. My two, I have two younger ones. And um, so I basically went to the doctors and said, hey, I, I, I want to know if the air, water, and soil is safe where I live. There's something wrong. And they said they put me in touch with a chemist at Duke University, and she wanted to kind of learn more because she was fascinated with environmental factors and thyroid cancers. So she told me, she's like, I will do a study in your area, but I don't have any money. Like the university doesn't have any money for studies. And so I went out and raised $109,000. I did a 5K and raised $100,000 in a few months. Wow. 
Wow. And you, you're not living in a big city. This is, you live this in is a, a beautiful small town. Yeah. Small yeah. town. Yeah. Right? This is not. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's a lot of money, by the way. This is what's sad is the Lake Norman area is a lot of wealth, a lot of mm. money. It's not like with what I learned about power plants and coal ash and all that. It's, those are usually butted up to areas where people are um, very rural areas and poor, you know, a lot more. We hear about environmental injustice. Right. Yeah. And that's where a lot of these power plants are. But this is different because um, this power plant was built in the 60s and the Lake Norman area and Duke built the power plant. And then all these like millionaires, I'm telling you, they it's NASCAR USA. There's corporate headquarters. It is it's all money. It's a lot of money. So so tell us about this neighbor that you discovered. <laughs> Which one? Your neighbor, uh, Duke Energy. <laughs> oh, my neighbor? Well, I, I, yeah, I know Duke Energy, but I didn't really know what coal ash was at all. Like, I didn't, mm. I didn't go into it like saying, it's definitely this. Like, I didn't know. I just knew everybody was getting sick. And the dogs okay. were getting cancer, cats, people, like everyone was getting sick. So I hired this researcher. I paid her. I raised money and commissioned her, and she brought in a team of people. And I tried to go to the politicians. I did everything in your book, Aaron, where your Superman's not coming. You say, go to the locals, go to the state. Like I was, I read your book and I'm like, yeah, I did that. I did that. I did that. And what I'm finding, and you saw the article I wrote, I just wrote that, that I sent you the other day, Suzanne. It's like, this was happening though. All people like me, Trevor from Trevor, from uh, Charlie, you know, Trevor Schaefer, and all of these cancer clusters that Aaron knows more than most people, we all pretty much these moms find out what's wrong, and then we get dismissed because you know you're you're kind of like waking the giant, you know, like it's not um, they don't want anything bad to be in this neighborhood or this community. So I got a lot of resistance, and <clears throat> I, I was pretty much villainized by friends and neighbors because they were like, I just built my dream home and you're going to hurt my property value. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, we see this a lot. You get called a fear monger, hysterical mom, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) So then you, and then you write to Aaron Brockovich. (laughs) Yeah. She's the only one who believes you. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And Aaron, what do we call Duke energy? Well, I'm supposed to be watching my language. Ah, ah, that was a, a, a moment. Pause for laughter. Um, <laughs> Why? Are you having a swear jar now in your kitchen? <laughs> now. Um, so, to, two things. Just as I was listening to you, Susan, you know, I I know you feel we're not being heard, but just from my perspective, and I know you've already seen this, but I thought I'm just going to pull up real quick some recent um, things I've gotten from Lake Norman um, about they're worried that there's an eye cluster, and I heard my sister has eye cancer, Uh, and that one's coming from somebody who still lives in the area. This is coming out of Florida because they moved away from Mooresdale, um, and they have ocular eye cancer. Here's one coming in from Texas because they moved away. And in 2004, her husband was diagnosed with ocular melanoma. Um, here's somebody from Mooresville currently 
and her husband and children have been really sick. They've got been diagnosed with some neurological rare syndrome, neuroplasmas. What's going on? We live on the lake. Mm-hmm. Um, here's another email that came out of North Carolina, and they're all talking about Duke Energy. And now that Lake Norman High School has issued a warning to students not to drink the water. They're like, what's going on? Now, I could go on and on and on here because all these pieces of paper here don't think I'm not putting them together. And I know you've seen the same thing, Susan. So these people aren't alone. Who I do call Duke Energy, and they remind me so much of, and it just irritates me, is Pacific Gas and Electric. Mm-hmm. Now, I've dealt with a Duke Energy here in California called PG&E for 20-plus years. And these guys can shut down and buy off PR, media, politicians across the board. Here we are dealing with PG&E burning everyone down again. Are we kidding? And here we are talking about Duke Energy. They're a very, very powerful company. You know, Duke University constantly popping out studies that it didn't do this or it didn't do that. It's super frustrating, and I'm still going to believe if we stay at it and keep all these people together, whether a firm is going to get involved and some science comes in that triggers a mass lawsuit, I hate to say it, lawsuits can't be the answer, and they aren't, but boy, howdy, sometimes a mass lawsuit is the only thing that gets these companies with a fire under their ass. No pun intended, considering what PG&E is doing today. But um, it is a source of frustration. Data is coming in. There are scientists working on it, and it, it takes a long time. And they bank that Susan Wind is going to go away or Aaron Brockovich and everybody else is never going to figure it out and they'll get away with it. So I think listening to you again, I want to make sure that everyone knows it's you don't always get the answer right away. But the proof is in the pudding in the long haul. Well, and, and my study did come out. It came out two weeks ago. And it took three, two years because of COVID and because of, like, a lot of the obstacles we had with resistance. And um, it did show that there's coal ash in all the soil. Yeah. So, Susan, so, tell us about coal ash and, yeah, and how it got into the soil. <laughs> well, a couple ways. Number one, the plant, it blows it right into – they did wind trajectories. And depending on the wind – it literally blows right on the zip codes with that had the highest thyroid cancers. That's the, the first part of my study. And, and Aaron, I know it's frustrating and you get it and it's very sad, but then I have to kind of sometimes say, you know what? I, it's been four years I've been pushing and through my efforts, I, I got, um, I, I proved that there was a cancer cluster, um, even though the state would not say it. And that's another mess because they should be held accountable for misleading the public, and I'm dealing with that now on a separate issue. But um, I did prove there was, can- there, there was a lot of cancer. I was right. And I did prove that um, there was coal ash in the yards where people had cancer. So it's, I'm not done. And I just have to, like you said, keep pushing and pushing and pushing for more research, and that's exactly what I'm doing. And I've learned that I can't count on the health department. I can't count on the, can't count on the politicians. So now I'm doing it like secretly, like I'm, I raised more money and I'm doing it with people that don't know anybody in North Carolina and working with people like yourselves who are going to help me. Like they're putting me with all these toxicologists and scientists. I'm like, no, we're going to do more studies because the more evidence I have to show you this stuff is dangerous, then, you know, people can take that and do what they want when they realize there's a problem there or they get sick. But 
the coal ash blows, there's millions and millions of tons in this plant that blows in the wind all over our town. That was the first problem. The second problem is they used it as structural fill to build streets, businesses, and houses. They used it as landscaping, like mixed it with topsoil and put it in yards. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, by the way, they do all over the state. I live in Asheville, North Carolina, yeah. and we have, oh, yeah. it, we have it at the airport, and it was yes. deemed a green project. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So, they, so they, I mean, they left 43,000 tons of it next to my daughter's high school, and I know 21 kids as of now have cancer. They, not, they didn't get cancer just now. They've had it over the years. But I have a list of parents that all of our kids went to that high school, and there's about nine different cancers, thyroid, leukemia, Hodgkin's lymphoma, testicular. I mean, the list goes on. Five of those kids dead. These are young kids. Yeah. And the school wanted nothing to do with it. I tried to say to the school, like, hey, you need to excavate this. We need to test it. And they were like, thanks for your concern. There's nothing wrong. The DEQ says it's safe. That's what they told me. Yeah, yeah. And it's so shocking and frustrating when you're going through that. And you're also still dealing with a sick child. Yeah, exactly. Trying to get my kid better. Right. And also trying to, you know, get a semi-degree in toxicology and pathology and all these other things, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, we see this in so many communities. You know, you didn't start out. Uh, wanting to be a scientist or, a, you know, a junior EPA ranger. Um, no. But, he, but here you go. Yeah. And I, and, I mean, I moved. I saw the writing on the wall that it's, the damage is done and it's dangerous to live there. All my friends were getting cancer. They're still getting cancer. I knew it wasn't going to go away. So I packed up and moved, which was very hard to do. I loved my life there. But I was like, I cannot live with myself if another person in my family gets sick. My dog got cancer, you know, and I was like, I can't do this. So um, we left and I've met all these people who live and Aaron knows a lot of these people too, that are dealing with the same problem in Indiana, Georgia, other parts of Florida, Colorado. I mean, anyone who lives on these coal ash, you know, these Louisiana. Coal ash, yeah, Louisiana, they're in the same boat I am. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah we're, and there's, uh, you've got to kind of like draw that big picture. You know, I've always said that we don't always see the big picture, you know, and yeah. it's painstakingly difficult for those directly involved to even have to draw that big picture for everyone to see to get any kind of response. And it's um, even politically. I mean, that's even worse when it comes to Duke Energy, and the, the politicians will just side with them, and their constituents are yeah. never on an issue like this. And so much of politics is involved in our environmental issues in these companies. And uh, I, I just, I'm so fearful that we are seeing the fallout of all of this kick the can down the road. Yeah, exactly. That's what's happening. You know, like, years yeah. later now, we're all paying for the damage. Of course. Right. And so, Susan, the study that just came out showed that the coal ash was in the soil in your backyard. It wasn't in my yard because they did not test my yard because I had Ah. moved. Okay. But they had tested, um, like, um, there's a map on their publication. I can send it to you if you'd like to see it. Yeah. But they went and and they tested it where um, high areas of cancer were. And that's, they found traces of coal ash. 
and the issue was this is the issue, and that's why I'm getting more studies done, because, one, there are no standards for what's safe when it comes to coal ash. There are no EPA standards. So the utility company is coming back and saying, well, there were small traces, so it's not dangerous. It's fine with small traces. That's what the utility company says. But there are no – it's like the whole PFAS mess. There was never any regulations on PFAS in the water, and just like with coal ash, there are no regulations. It's still not even considered or classified as a hazardous waste, which the EPA should have done a long time ago, and they've never done it. So we've got that mess. Then the fact that they're not classified to tell you what is safe for human inhalation or ingestion. And finally, my whole argument is, I don't give a shit, excuse my French, if it's a little trace or a lot of trace. Would you give your kid a little bit of poison? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right? I've had this conversation for 30 years with Ed Masry about all these, like, quote, guidelines that are set. And it's like disgusting i'm like okay i always thought that a poison was a poison was a poison all day long whether it was two parts per trillion or one parts per trillion or yeah. parts per trillion. it's like what the fuck it's right. this whole spell game let's get you diverted over here so you don't really look at what's going on over here and you know the gig is up i know the gig is up i think a whole lot of people know the gig is up um and i think that the energy is just a well you're never going to prove it um yeah we skate, and I will tell you the more this is going on and the more and more and more people that keep coming together, that the more I am seeing some legal movement interested in, whoa, what the fuck could be happening out there. And, again, you know, uh, the law can be a double-edged sword. It isn't about, you know, always suing, but it is about, I think, for a lot of people, injustice, the recognition, the acknowledgement, um, monies that can help get people the right medical care and the fact that it gets stopped and cleaned up so at least going forward we have a better shot in hell of yep. being healthy. Yeah. 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 And I think it's, it's unfortunate because I think the health department and I think the politicians, I don't care if this happened 20 years ago when they didn't work for the state. But we, because I, I had resistance. Some of the politicians were like, well, Susan, um, they were allowed to do this years ago because it wasn't regulated. So they were allowed to back then. And, and my response was, okay, whether they were allowed to or not, nobody knew what happened until I exposed it. And now I've told you, like, raise the flag saying we got a lot of cancer, we have a lot of illnesses, and we have a lot of coal ash in this town. What are we going to do about it? And you all ran for the hills because oh. they because they used to be allowed to do it. Well, that doesn't then fix it. And they basically think I'm irrational because they're like, yeah, Duke Energy, no, we're not going to be able to fight that. And so I think the people on this watch, the watch my daughter got cancer on, that I've spent the last four years investigating them, they should be held accountable. And unfortunately, because of sunshine laws and sovereign immunity, they can't be sued all the time unless you get negligence like the whole Flint, Michigan. And I hope that there's more case law that comes out, that you can hold these people responsible, that you elect and put in these positions to protect the community because they took a blind eye to me when I told them what was there. Right, right. And we let's not forget who our former governor, Pat McCrory, 
former Duke Energy employee for yeah. 28 years. Yeah, that was strategically put there. But even the new governor, who's a, who's a Democrat, he's useless, too. He mm-hmm. is a coward, too. So mm-hmm. I don't care what the political affiliation is. They all failed, everybody in that town, Democrats and Republicans. Yeah, yeah, because everybody's pockets are lined. Yeah, yeah it is on both sides of the aisle. You know, I'm, I, you definitely will find me, you know, hearing these environmental issues, oh, the right versus the left. Fuck that shit. I'm serious. That's part of the problem. Yep. Both sides of the aisles have plenty of room to make mistakes and have plenty of room to be accountable for overlooking. You just said something earlier that made me, and I'm probably going to, I'm maybe inappropriate for saying this, but it just popped into my mind. You know, oh, they didn't. We could, it was allowed back then. Reminds me of listening to Cuomo on TV yesterday. I'm old school. I thought that was okay back then. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, that's what these people told me. The politicians, I, I, I thought I could get help from. That's what they told me. Right. They were like, well, right. they, were used, is- they were allowed to do it. So, okay, Susan, they were allowed to do it. So you need to get over that. That's what they told me. Right. And we had the same, we see the same thing also in North Carolina, Camp Lejeune, the toxic water there. Oh, well, that yep. was before we had the EPA regulating the water. So, you know. Too bad. Right. Right. Too bad. Drag your feet. Oh, sorry. That was one million that, you know, people that are in the military affected by this. Yep, totally contaminated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so So they pretty much, so they, so I I mean, it was, I learned a lot through this experience. And so I actually, and nobody really, um, I have to be very careful with this, but I just raised more money on my own. And I have people I'm bringing in to do testing and we're not telling anybody and we're just going to publish the results to show more. And that's what I'm going to keep doing. So I find people who are, invested in the environment they care they want to help me because i don't have all this money you know i mean they're helping me and so i'm getting more and more people that want to help me um do testing because more and more testing needs to take place in that town i guess i need enough evidence that an attorney or somebody will take me seriously someday yeah yeah and that's the work so that's what i'm doing now while my daughter while my daughter is going through this but I'm not stopping. I'm going to, I'm, I don't care. I'm going to, and I'll keep fighting the EPA to say, and the new EPA, I'll be honest with you, Michael Regan was a bad choice on Biden's part because he turned a blind eye with all this coal ash in North Carolina. And then he wrote his toe. This is where everybody, the smoke and mirrors comes into play because last year, you guys remember January of 2020, the largest lawsuit in history with coal ash where they made Duke Energy clean up their plants. It was national news. Well, that was a bunch of bullshit because instead of having 35 years to clean up the plants, I think, I don't know the exact years, they have 17 years to clean up their plants, which they're not even going to clean them all up 100%. 17 years, I'm like, people will be dead. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the headlines were also made it seem as if they were paying a large amount, but most of the money is being paid by the consumers. Yeah, it goes the into your Duke Energy bill. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, they rolled it all into the consumers to pay for their mess. They contaminated that state, that town, and now the people are and people were pissed at me for that. They were like, "Thanks a lot, Susan. Now I have to get a bigger energy bill because of you." Yeah. Well, anger into action, but not the right, not the right person. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's classic, you know, the the blame, you know, diminution of property values. You know, you just, I don't know, maybe some people want to sit there with, you know, their head buried in the sand, but then there's a lot of people that don't. So you'll just, you'll always have those naysayers. I know, of course, I, I know. And you kind of warned me about that when I started and I met you. So, yeah, I know we saved a lot of lives because a lot of people moved out of Lake Norman or they didn't move to Lake Norman because of my story. Because I wouldn't have moved to a town that was contaminated. And we and so people are like, thank you for letting me know because I'm hoping my kids don't get cancer now. So we save people. But then, yeah, you have a lot of the people there that are like, it does, they don't believe it till it happens to them. Then there's a problem. Because I still get emails from people like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much for you, what you do. My daughter just got diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And I'm, and, you know, and I, I'm just like, I'm sorry to hear that. You should go raise money and have a study done. Bye. I mean, that's kind of how I handle it now. Yeah. I mean, and so many people in our community are just like you, Susan. They're, you know, it's mom, parent, families that, you know, didn't necessarily set, set out to become environmentalists, but it comes to you. You know, when you get sick, you know, someone in your family is sick, you go looking for answers, especially when it's young children, when there's no family history, you know, and more and more we're learning that these cancers, these illnesses, you know, it's environmental exposure, it's toxins. Yeah, and when, and when you're half your street, all the kids, everyone, half my street had cancer, all the people behind my street had cancer. I mean, it was like everybody had cancer, and they've normalized it. And yeah. people my age, like in their mid-40s, they're like stage four colon cancer, stage four pancreatic cancer, stage four, and I'm like, this isn't normal. I've lived all over the United States. I have a job. I've traveled with my career. I have never seen so much cancer in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And Susan, what do you want to say to other folks out there who are sort of in that boat where you were four years ago that are sort of just learning, you know, wanting to fight, you know, maybe a little bit scared? What advice do you have for them? I'd say to align themselves with, um, align themselves with, people who are pretty much um, pro-environmental, I would tell them not to trust the government or the health department or the state because they do not want to get involved in this. And no, because, oh, I don't mean to interrupt you, Susan, but what you just made something really uh, important comment there about health departments. And nine, 10 times out of 10, they don't have the data. This goes back to a conversation I had on a radio show with a scientist. They just said, oh, let's be honest, Aaron and Susan. Let's say you were sitting there with me, Susan. Yeah. You don't have data to conclude that it does cause this. Okay, you're right. Maybe we don't. But here's the thing that the other side, what you're not getting, you don't have all the data either to conclude that it doesn't. And this is why they don't want to find the information. That's yep. why it constantly gets suppressed. And these agencies, I think everyone thinks, oh, the health department would know. They fucking don't know. Nope. No, I, I, no, they don't know. I yelled at them. I go, I said, how did I find a cancer cluster? How did I find? I said, you have, it is 2018. We have computers. I go, you were, every, a doctor is supposed to report every cancer to you within six months of a diagnosis. What the fuck do you do with your data that's in your computers? That's what I said to them. I said, what do you do with it? Just let it sit there? Yes, it doesn't get shared because of HIPAA. And then you yep. can't see the big picture, and then you miss the big picture. Yeah. So my advice, you can't count on the health departments, which people Correct. are learning, can't. 
And unfortunately, when it comes to politicians, they are tied. Their hands are tied yep. because they all join, you know, the club where yep. they've got they, – they have an agenda and alliance towards their party. They're not going to upset, and they don't want to wake the bear, poke the bear. So you can't count on the politicians. You can't count on the health department. And honestly, you can't count on the EPA. We haven't been able to for years. So what we can count on is – Doctors, scientists, radiologists, or not radiologists, radiation experts, toxicologists who want to do more research in this area, and then finding people who are very, um, like a lot of environmental advocates, people that want to donate to these studies because there is an issue with funding. So I think that's, that's my greatest advice to people, and I've had spent hundreds and hundreds of hours reaching out to everybody in the United States and Australia getting help and advice and get, just putting myself out there, telling everybody, like, help me. What can we do? And that's the work, the community building, getting the science. You know, I think most people are not aware that the EPA, when they set regulations, a lot of times that's science that's from 15, 20 years ago, right? And so the fact that you're out there getting this new science, you know, Studies, studies done that can help us prove this stuff is gonna is gonna move us along, move us into the this this time frame. You know, these regulatory agencies are working at a snail's pace, and yep. that's not good enough for you know moms like you that are dealing with this stuff. Well, yeah, and I also I sorry, guys. Science is now catching up with politics because look at you know we'll go out and EPA will go out and study a chemical it takes 20 years what takes is taking Susan Wynn, Aaron Brockovich, Suzanne Booth, the uh, Tara McKay, the women of Hannibal and I could go on and on and on in my list good 10 years to even get all the people together and to get all the data together and to get everybody speaking together i think there's a real moment uh, it is it's happening that science and the march of moms and saying I'm not taking this crap anymore is crept up and is now going to directly collide with um, politicians and looking at this data because people are now willing to share their information that they might not have been willing to share before. That concludes and can prove and show. What the fuck? You you do have a cluster. You know, they did a cancer study on Hinkley way back when, Loma Linda, and they found it 99.99% um, accurate, but because it wasn't 100%, they weren't going to deem it a cluster. And when I looked into the study, they, they were looking at people in a range from the years of 1992 to 1996, okay, when most of the contamination had already occurred. Uh, they weren't looking for death certificates. They weren't looking for people who moved. So they were actually drawing a conclusion based on very limited data without going back and looking at what is the health impact of people that lived here five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, because you might see a completely different picture. But they've scattered, and no one bothers to go find them. So they are making conclusions on, oh, there is no cancer cluster here, based, again, on very limited data sets. Yeah, yeah, and you you know I I think you spoke with recently Trevor from you know Charlie and Trevor Schaefer the yeah. bill you uh, helped get passed in 2016. I just got off the phone with them yesterday. They are feeling some great strains and shutdowns 
themselves right now. Yeah, they're furious, and I'm furious, and I'm actually trying to get information because that bill was passed in 2016 to help people like me, Susan Wynn, that had a suspected cancer cluster and no one would help me, and I had to raise money. And that bill is supposed to help communities like me, like where they're supposed to help and do independent testing and investigate cancer clusters. Well, the bill was passed. They did nothing. 2018, they, they received, I looked it up, like $1.8 million, and no one knows where that money is. I have questioned the CDC. Trevor and his mother were on shareholder meetings with the CDC, and they just blow smoke up everyone's ass, being like, well, we, basically we've been having a lot of meetings. That's what we've been doing, having a lot of meetings. And then COVID hit, so we're busy. And I'm like, COVID hit in 2020. You had four years to have meetings. You did nothing, and you would have helped people like my daughter. And they're, they're covering their asses too. Yeah, just, just kicking the can down the line. Yeah. Making it somebody else's problem. Ours. Yeah. Children's but, they should, but they should be held accountable. So that's the stuff that I'm kind of working on holding people accountable. Like that's, I don't know if you want to put that in the newsletter, but I think these people who turn a blind eye and want to make excuses should be held accountable. What the fuck are you getting paid for? I did your job. What are you doing? I've been working pro bono and doing the health department's job, the freaking politician's job. What are you doing? Move aside and get people in there that'll do a better job. Yeah, and if you're not willing to do the work, get somebody who is. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly, at this point, it's negligence is what it yeah. is now. Yeah, and, you know, we've seen in Flint where people have criminal charges, and we may continue to see that as the future unfolds with these cases. Yes, and that's what I'm hoping for in the future. I hope more case law, especially in North Carolina, that there is some smart attorneys that draft up some case law that you can hold these people accountable who think they're protected because they work for the state. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bunch of shit, but I'm not done. I'm going to, I'm going to, until, until, and this is what I've told the state of North Carolina, until you can prove that this coal ash didn't cause anybody's cancers and illnesses, like it was safe, we could drink it like water, as Duke Energy says. Until you can prove that, guess what? You are guilty of contaminating this town, and I'm going to continue to bring studies and awareness. And that's the work. Yeah. Erin, any final thoughts? Well, I always have lots of thoughts when I talk to you. You know, <laughs> you know we're not great to talking with one another. Um, I share in her frustration. I feel it. Um, uh, it's, you know, I'm so angry. I don't even know if I can be angry anymore because I swear to God, the stress takes its own toll on you that I've been doing this for 30 years. I know. I know. This shit is still going on. It's not made up. It's happening. It's real. It's across the entire United States of America whether it be coal ash or hexavalent chromium or PFOS, it is a cluster fuck. And I don't know why so many people aren't good and mad. It's enough already. And it is a political shit show. And we, at some point, have got to get back to, oh, my God, very simple. You know, it's that common sense approach. I mean, all of these poisons have been in our system, and we're, we're what, shocked at the end of the line? We're going to see 
so many cancers, but the problem is that our children are having to suffer these consequences when there's actually something we could be doing about it. And that could be fundraising. That could be cleanups. You know, we talk about a better infrastructure and all the jobs it could create. There is no excuse why we're not down on the ground finding cures or solutions to the illnesses or the diseases and cleaning up the mess, eradicating these chemicals from the environment. What is it that you need to see to realize? Look at what we've all had to fucking go through to get freaking Roundup off the market. And there's, by the way, a lot of companies out there with a lot of money that could be doing a good green stamp of approval and making donations and contributions to finding this information and to beginning a cleanup process. The problem is that nobody wants to find a solution when there is one. And so let's just keep kicking it down the road. I think the best thing that's happening is that we're seeing a, a wake up and a movement of, Susan wins everywhere, and that's what it's going to take. So I think we've only just begun, and there is a lot of work to be done ahead of us, and there will be days that you think, fuck it, I can't make a difference. Well, you know, I do that, and I'll just go watch Sex in the City on the couch all day. But don't think that means I've gone away. I'll come back at it again tomorrow. And um, this is. America's problem, and it's a big one, and it's real. And uh, I'll get indignant. I don't want to hear anyone ever again call one of these mothers crazy. It's yeah, enough. They, they, they're just, it is, it is, like, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, these people are lunatics. It doesn't even phase me, Aaron, and I don't care. Um, one thing I would love to do, like something I think of, like, you know, just I always have, like, dreams, I guess you could say, and right now is not a good time because of COVID, and it's kind of, stopped all of this, you know, it's gotten in the way with a lot of good stuff we've been all doing, but I would love, and it might be two years down the road, because I don't know what's going to happen with COVID, but I would love to have like a march in front of the EPA headquarters in Washington, D.C. with every family, everybody who's been affected by an environmental catastrophe in this country, and have like, where we have signs, a peaceful, like a march as far as like, because the EPA is not doing their job, and they never have. No, and, you know, we talked about that in Superman's Not Coming, tried to explain to the system. I think a real good message here is that, unfortunately, we don't want to believe it, but we, we've bought a bill of goods, and the yeah. system has failed, and it's been designed and set up to do that. And it will take an activation of, like you said, everyone's showing up. Like, you know, we did in a women's march, over a million mm-hmm. of us. And, mm-hmm. and those numbers speak to, you know, the politicians. Uh, they they don't respond to one or two. They respond to the masses. Yep. And, yep. Uh, I'll 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 do that march with you. Like you said, right now it's, it's COVID time. But right, right. When it's old, when we're in the clear, whenever that is, I would love to do something like that because I don't feel like I'm being heard. You know, from people. Like I I think they've they've North Carolina just wanted to shut me down, shut me down, shut me down, and they don't want to hear me. Nope. Yeah. You're, you're not alone. You're a really good company. The <laughs> <laughs> company. Um, but it's really helpful, you know. I can only say so much. Um, it, it's all the other mothers that have become these heroes that need to be heard. And, and my job right now is to help continue to elevate that voice. 
in any way that I can or through networking or a podcast or the Brockovich Report or even getting, you know, a lawsuit. Uh, again, not always being the answer, but it, it's sad to say that's sometimes the only thing that it takes to get a company to actually move or make some change. Of course. It's annoying because, I mean, even lawyers, I spoke with lawyers and they were like, oh, Duke will keep us in court forever. That's what they do. They want to bankrupt the attorneys, you know, and I'm like, I I don't really care. Like, I I just want people to be held accountable and, like, be fired from their jobs. And even the PR people, they are lying. They lied when my study came out two weeks ago. One of the PR people for Duke Energy lied um, on his statement. And I think he should be held accountable for his lies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I, I agree with you there. And we were watching some of that accountability occur with politicians who are being impeached or resigning or, or whatever. And I think that pressure on these companies, their CEOs and their boards, uh, you don't get that big bonus, you will resign, we're going to kick you out. Um, it, it, we're watching what's happening with Flint. My God, all the way to the top. They knew. What is the consequence to them? Jail? Everybody else who does something wrong has to go to jail. Right. Lose your job? How about the rest of us that have had to lose our job because our child got cancer and we couldn't work anymore? So I think direct consequences to those that were knowing a CEO or a board or a company, they get held accountable. Yep. Yeah, that I, I, I'm trying. Personally <laughs> held accountable. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to, like, work with and – I'm networking with a lot of people to try to figure this out. Yeah, and Susan, I know your work is going to be very inspiring to a lot of our readers, and, you know, and Erin continues her work as well, and, and you know, that's, that's where we're at. That's where the fight is right now, to just keep, keep moving forward each day, taking the next step, the next right step to, to try to right these wrongs. No, I appreciate it, and I appreciate Erin has always been very supportive of me, and I greatly appreciate it because, just like you said, putting the word out, putting the stories out, it's the only way we can right now keep going. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank well, you so I, much for talking with us. And Yeah, Erin, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no. It, it, I, I think that, you know, just when you feel like there isn't movement, there is, and I, I, I see everything that's that's going on, and just to add to this, you know, Susan's talking about Lake Norman, but what she's also brought up is the bigger picture that a lot of people need to hear, and it could clearly be in your own backyard as well, because we've we've shown it happening in Louisiana. We've shown it happening in Indiana. We've shown it happening in Ohio. You clearly see what's happening in Moorestown. So this isn't just an isolated situation to – Moorestown, Huntersville. More, it's Mooresville. Mooresville. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I tried to combine it with Huntersville. I brought them together. <laughs> yeah. But thank you. No, um, it's everywhere, and it's becoming everyone's problem. And this isn't a guess. This isn't pissed off moms. More and more and more conclusive data is coming in, and it's so heartbreaking that we get put through these trials. And children suffer, and adults as well, from diseases and thyroid cancer and um, ocular melanomas. So it's, this isn't just something that I, I really feel I need to say is just blah, 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 blah. 
Do not think. It's like, I dare I say, be prepared. Mooresville is a town coming near you. Yes, it's true. It's, it's all over. My daughter is a nurse, nursing student, the one with cancer. She's, she's a senior at college, okay? And she's got a huge scar you saw on her neck, second one now. She's like, horrible. Yeah. So it's an eyesore. Whenever you look at my daughter since she was 16, she's, she's almost, she'll be 21 in a week. But because um, she, got, she got cancer right before her 17th birthday. She was 16. So my daughter has a huge scar on her neck, and she's a nurse okay, in the hospital, and doctors, she works in ICU, and she works in oncology, and doctors are like, did you have thyroid cancer, right, like, they, because they see the huge scar, and hers is bigger than most, and she's like, yeah, and uh, they go, where do you live, and she told her, she goes, oh, I lived at Lake Norman, and they go, did you live near a power plant, like, they all know, because more and more people are like, yeah, you don't ever want to live by a power plant, there's so much cancer, so she's telling me this, when she's in the hospital, and I, and I, as a mom, I have guilt. I'm like, why the fuck did I move my family there 10 years ago? Like, I'm a smart lady. I should have known this. And when I did research, I was like, why didn't I see any of this? Like, I, like it's some guilt I have that I don't know when that'll be out of my system. Yeah, I, I hear that. I remember these, this conversation back in the day with Hinkley, and the mother used to soak wet cloth in hex chrome and put it over their kids' face because they were in a big dust storm. Um, that guilt is, is real. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think that helps drive the work that you're doing um, because mothers yes. do feel guilty. And to find out the, the truth of what's happened to, to their child. And it, it's hard. And, and you, you are channeling it for the, for the better good. That's for sure. Right. I'm trying. 